Welcome to Last Lamb Standing with the Lamb Sisters, Drew and Meg. Each week, Meg covers a topic that is crazy, spooky, goosebump-inducing, or just plain old WTF. While Drew covers subjects that relate in some tenuous nature, but is completely real, explained, and sometimes downright scientific. So grab your safety blankets and microscopes and join us on our strangely empirical quest. Hey, Drew. Hey, Meg. What's happening? Hmm, same old stuff, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to tell you about on Saturday, we went to Gulfport to go see one of Joe's wrestling matches. Oh, no. <laughs> you also talked to him? Yeah. So I haven't seen them since before COVID. They have since... They now have a two-year-old child I've never met because they got pregnant and had a baby during COVID Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen them since. John saw them recently, but um, anyway, it's friends of ours that live, uh, they now live in Mandeville on the North Shore. And he is really into, since high school, he's been really into WWE, F, whatever, WWE wrestling style, whatever. So he put on this show and is in, uh, in Gulfport. And so I was like, you know, and he kept, he kept sending us texts like y'all should come, y'all should come. And so finally I was like, fine. All right. Just count us in, put all of us. He's like, you don't even have to pay. I'll, <laughs> you know? And I was like, put us down for your VIP front row. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did. And we went there and it was, I am shocked to say, so like anyone who knows me would know that I'm like, oh my God, this is like the stupidest thing. Like, I don't understand how people can be into something that's fake Mm -hmm. like that, but they get like so into it. I had so much fun. Mm -hmm. All of us had a blast (laughs) and Viv even brought a friend and it was like, it's like interactive theater. (laughs) (laughs) So he had us at uh, like these, there Luckily, the chairs were really comfortable because I was afraid my hips were going to start hurting. But it was like big armchairs, like cushy armchairs. And Uh they had us literally like front row in our own little section right by the stage where they come out. And it was hilarious. Like the people like that get into it. There was like this group of like 20 something year olds, like their commentary was cracking us up. It was Mm -hmm. so much fun. And I was totally getting into it. John was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I was like yelling at him and B loved it. Um, Viv and her friend were, were yelling too. They had a blast, but the coolest thing was the venue. It was, it's called Hollywood warehouse. And apparently they also do like a haunted house or something there, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's right off highway 49. It's just like this giant warehouse that has like a bunch of different like movie set prop things in it. So like half of it looks like an old West town with like a saloon bar and they have like this giant Wizard of Oz shoe and like the, the ladies bathroom was amazing. It looked like this old Victorian lounge Uh and B just wanted to hang out in the bathroom (laughs) all the time because they had, uh, they had old phones in there and she just kept pretending to be on the phone and dialing, you know, uh-huh. the rotary, rotary dial. dial. 
it was so cool. We had such a good time. I was, I surprised myself. That's so funny. <laughs> does he still have the same persona? He does. So like his persona is Chaz Adams, the, the preppy prep school North Shore boy. Yeah. But this, but this time he was dressed more like a, because it was like USA, you know, mm-hmm. theme or whatever USA versus the bad guys from Belarus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, so he was a uh, Magnum CA. <laughs> um it was fun it was Too funny it, yeah it was a good time it's very family friendly and i enjoyed the first time we saw him i thought it was funny yeah i was just surprised because i didn't expect myself to get into it all right what are we talking about today <laughs> well you chose volcanoes oh yeah that's right i chose this time <laughs> i chose volcanoes so I'm going to be talking about Mount Lassen in California, which is a volcano and the paranormal happenings around there. Oh, okay. You want to start with your tidbit? You're just talking about volcanoes? Hmm? Just in general? Yeah. Okay. Well, and the weird <laughs> things that they do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start with my tidbit. Okay. So this is the, you know how they have these like series of haunted and then like whatever city that you're in. Uh-huh. Like, so this one haunted new orleans i just bought it this one being a book yes sorry (laughs) they have like these whole series of books that are published by haunted america i think is the name of the publisher and it's like if you go into any like i got this at uh walgreens there was a walgreens that was like closing down on veterans and so i happened to be there on the last day they were open and it was like super sale so i was like yes please (laughs) But anyway, this is Haunted New Orleans, and it's the history and hauntings of the Crescent City, which is kind of cool because, like, so far, I haven't read the whole thing, but so far, there's lots of things in here that I hadn't heard of. So I'm just going to read this little this little story I thought was really interesting. Really? Really. According to newspaper accounts of 1933, there was a haunted house on 4th Street that was rumored to be so haunted that the owners were unable to keep tenants in it. Finally, for fear that it would be burned to the ground or vandalized, it was given to several impoverished black men who were unable to afford the rent. They were simply asked to stay there to make sure the property was not disturbed. Unfortunately, they were unable to fulfill the simple request. A single night in the building proved that it was inhabited by ghosts. Unwilling to sleep in the house, they began spending their nights in a small outer building. They reported many strange things about the house itself, like ghostly faces that would appear at the windows unexplained lights and knocking sounds that came from unseen hands. Worst of all, on nights when the moon was full, the kitchen door would open and reveal eerie, misty apparitions crawling about on the floor on their hands and knees. Later, two elderly ladies moved into the front portion of the house. They too reported the ghost and in startling detail. They claimed the apparitions looked to be covered in blood and did vile things in their presence. According to their story, one ghost pulled off his leg and threw it at the tenants and then proceeded to vomit into the woman's shoes. Another dug out his liver and tossed it at a lamp and then produced a mass of worms. A third gouged out his own tongue and then clawed out his eyes. They continued to prey on the ladies for days, smashing dishes, ripping up clothing, smearing the parlor sofa with filth, ruining food and more. After a week of this, the two women moved out. Finally, the owner of the house had the floor torn out of the building and replaced it with a new one. He never offered an explanation as to why he did it, but regardless, the haunting stopped. Although it was never verified, the tenants on the outbuilding stated that a number of old skeletons were found beneath the floor. Once they were decently buried, the ghost no longer appeared. 
Hmm. I just thought that was fun because it's like <laughs> it took the ghost took his leg oh off God. and threw it at her. Have you seen uh the movie We Have a Ghost? It's mm, oh, it's on I... Netflix. Um, it came out pretty recently. And it's pretty funny. And it's about this family that moves into a house and it's there's like old ghosts. It's the guy from Stranger Things, the cop, whatever uh -huh. his name is. And he's the ghost. And it's there's like this part where he's trying to scare a quote unquote psychic woman mm -hmm. and he's doing all kinds of crazy things. It reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was funny. Fun. <laughs> I tried to um, look up the newspapers from 1933 to see if I could find any articles about it. Uh -huh. But I would have to go to the actual digital oh, archives. Oh, gosh, you actually have to go to the library? I know. I thought about it, but I just read this this morning. So I was like, maybe I have time. I do want to do that, though. It does remind me. So my, the place where I work tends to never throw anything away. Mm -hmm. And we've been in business since 1891. And the other day, I found a closet that I didn't know existed. Or I knew it existed, but didn't know it had stuff in it uh -huh. there's a microfish reader in there what <laughs> why would you need that I don't know <laughs> but like why would they need that i don't know at some why point? they would have ever needed it like i don't know if they would used to store projects on microfilm i don't really don't know so for reference drew works at an architecture firm so why they would need yeah <laughs> very weird microfish that's so funny okay so my tidbit is for you yes so if unless you've been living under a rock, then you know that AI has made a huge stand recently. Like, obviously, they've been working on it for a long time, but recently they've got it to levels that are above and beyond amazing. And so it's everywhere doing everything now. Okay. Well, you do scary. know I live under a rock, so yes. I don't know right. anything about this. <laughs> so AI is here and it can do amazing things. Okay. So someone took the your famous Sasquatch video the um yeah the patterson gimlin the patterson gimlin one uh -huh. that everyone is, has heard of and seen and they used ai to study the camera so you know how it bounces mm -hmm. around a bunch mm -hmm. and so it kind of like so they actually used ai isn't that cool yes um so it's on twitter if if or i'm sure you can find it in other locations but it kind of uses it uses ai to create a block within the video that kind of steadies yeah the the images the images like, it just yeah so um so basically they've done it because they're like obviously it's a man in a shaman suit so one of the theories of some of the um sasquatch or bigfoot sightings and one that actually was proven there is a shaman ritual that they will sometimes do where they they cover themselves in animal fur so mm -hmm. it's in a full face and everything animal suit mm -hmm. and they do a ritual out in the woods and that some of the bigfoot sightings ends up being them so that's that they're saying this one is because you can kind of see the eye hole you know oh yeah it's kind of a his face looks more like a slit opening rather than a yeah i this morning came across on instagram a video of a Bigfoot thing and it was like it's just a zoomed in really close and I was like what am I looking at what am I looking at and it's like kind of blurry I was like what and then all of a sudden I realized that it was like super close up of just his eyes staring out from behind like a a branch like his eyes and the top of his nose and like the top of his head and I was like 
oh shit, that is creepy. <laughs> and so like, I looked at the comments and um, one person was like, you didn't film this, blah, blah. And then someone was like, oh, this looks like my friend in his, his name. Oh my gosh. It was like Tom something standing, which I thought was interesting because it was like Tom, whatever his last name is standing. And mm -hmm. it's like last name standing. And so I went to his page and I started following him because he literally, that's what he does for a living is catches. He has all kinds of video footage of big but whatever. I haven't had a chance to go through yeah. all of his stuff yet, but he was the one that, that took the video. Cool. And then I was like trying to figure out how to share things on to our page is on Instagram. You can't, you can't. Okay. Um, you I can that was send a thing. thing. No, you can send things directly to someone, but you can't like repost. Yeah. You can't repost. That's annoying because I would like to repost a lot of things, <laughs> <laughs> especially like for this um, site, you know, like when I find cool things, I want to be able to like repost it or like, is there an option to like send it to all your followers or like, I don't know. I think when you heart like, it, then it goes to your Oh, because it'll say like, this was liked by, right. so like it'll, the algorithm will be more likely to show it to people who follow us. I think so. But not necessarily. But not necessarily because yeah. who knows how those algorithms That's, work. <laughs> but, but it's, yeah, it's interesting because you would think that, I guess people are just liking things that go viral, mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't know. Cause I look at a lot of things that are on my homepage. It's not like they have a million likes or anything. And it's like people that I don't follow. So I don't know how does I don't know how that works. Mm. Anyway, Instagram, I'd like to like reshare people's posts. <laughs> you can make that happen. All right, well, that was my tidbit. Bigfoot, Big stabilized and science together. Together. <laughs> Today, I am going to discuss the incidents around Lassen Volcano National Park. So, um, spread across the Cascade Mountains in Northern California, Lassen Volcanic National Park is a dramatic landscape of ancient old growth forests, glaciers, and active volcanoes. It's part of a geological formation known as the Ring of Fire. And the park's more than 100. Uh, Insert song. <laughs> burning Ring of Fire. The park's more than 100,000 acres are dotted with volcanic hot springs, and above it all looms Mount Lassen. It's one of the country's most dangerous volcanoes. So I'm going to go kind of, there's like a couple of stories. I'm going to go in chronological order. So this first one is by far the most detailed and the most interesting, but also the most outlandish, and I'm not entirely sure I believe it. This was written and published in a 1946 issue of Amazing Stories. And that it was like an old, uh, I say quote unquote magazine, but it was like 190 pages. I actually found the actual, a digital form of the actual magazine, like mm -hmm. the entire thing of it. So I could, so I read the actual article that the guy wrote. Um, Would that be considered an annal at that point? I don't know. I don't, I don't know really what they know about an annal. <laughs> but within the magazine, it has fiction stories, but it also has like factual articles and stuff too. So okay. it's like, but at the beginning of this one has like the, the title of it. And then it says underneath in quote, it says the writer of this article presents it as a fact story. The editors present it as received. It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So just take this for, you know, however you want to. 
Um, so 1946, Ralph Fields is the author of it. So it's his encounter. So he and a, and a friend, Joe, had read an article about the value of bat guano to, use, to be used in fertilizer. So they decided to go on a trip uh, to try to find some bat guano. And so they planned like a four-day excursion around Mount Lasso, Lassen. Lasso Lassen. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the third day, they found a place like by a, by a stone, like outcrop of like boulders or whatever and set up camp. And Joe went off to find firewood. And then he came back really excited. He's like, I found a cave. And he's like, well, it's too late in the day. We'll do it tomorrow. He's like, come on. I mean, it's, it's always dark in a cave. We're going to need flashlights anyway. So let's just do it now. They ate some food and then they went off to the cave. So once they were inside, they were walking down for a while and um, Ralph started, like he noticed, he's like, it's weird how the cave floor was really smooth and the walls looked like they had been dug out. Like it didn't look natural. And it was one singular long tunnel. Like it didn't have any branches or things that went off like normal caves do. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this, it's kind of strange. There weren't any animals in there. They didn't see any bat guano than anything. And they were walking about, he said about like one to two miles down <clears throat> into it. And then all of a sudden Joe's like, do you see that light down there? And he looks up and, and then the light was like shining their flight in their faces. And there were three men there and they were all wearing like normal looking clothes for the time. Like they were wearing jeans and flannel shirts and wool jackets. But Ralph noticed that their shoes looked really weird because the soles were really thick and it looked like they were made out of wood. And then the men asked them what they were doing in there. And they told them they were, they were looking for bat guano, but they didn't believe them. So they argued a bit about it. <laughs> and then um, Ralph and Joe were about to turn around to go back out. And then there were two more men on the other side of them. The men were like, you better come with us. And so since Ralph and Joe were unarmed, they were like, didn't know what to do. They were like, okay, well, I guess we got to go with them. So they said they walked about another two to three miles down the tunnel and it opened up into a larger room. And in that room was like this machine that looked, it was like, obviously like a vehicle, but it looked like it was made of metal and not anything that they'd ever seen before. And he said the front curved up like a toboggan and the bottom looked like it was about eight inches of copper. And there was a seat up front behind a dashboard with this dial of strange symbols on it. And then there was like the quote unquote motor, if that's what you want to call it, was in the rear, but it was just like these two horseshoe shaped things that like faced each other like this. And then when the machine was turned on, there had this like electric green glow that went in between them, in between the two horseshoe things. Mm -hmm. He said he turned on and it wasn't loud. It just had this like hum. He said it sounded like a battery charger. And the and then the way that they operated it was there was just like this teardrop shaped thing hanging from a chain on the front. And he just, the man picked it up and he put it, he just touched it to the first symbol on the dial and they started to go. And he took off, he said it took off really quickly, but it was really smooth. And he said that it seemed to be floating because there were no wheels on it. And then he touched it to the next symbol and the speed increased significantly. And then once they reached past the halfway point on the dial, they were going so fast that he could hardly breathe. And the green light from the back was so bright that it shone far ahead of them, like lighting the way. And he said he could see a black line on the ground and he seemed they seemed to be following that line. 
He said they went for some time at that speed and then they saw another vehicle approaching them from ahead. They're going through another cave? Yeah, like a tunnel. Okay. So they saw another vehicle approaching them from ahead and they kept up their speed until they were really close and then they abruptly came to a surprisingly smooth stop just feet from the other vehicle. When they stopped, all five of the men got out of their vehicle and ran the other way. And then the people in the other vehicle held up this thing that emanated like a blue light and they swept it across the cave at the men and they the men just like dropped dead. And <laughs> wait, who dropped dead? The five men that fled the vehicle, the five men who had like captured them or whatever. But it's not the two. But not them. Right. Okay. So, but did they get swept by the same? Oh, okay. So when I say swept, it was like a light that yeah. they shone at the other men, but it hit the two men, right? No, 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 it didn't hit them. It just hit the other guys. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like obviously, he does not say like we were positioned here, they were positioned there, and like I said, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what he said. He said they collapsed and lay very still. So um, the other people from the other machine, they came over to them, pointing their weapons at them. And they said, are you surface people? <laughs> I'm just going to do like a little dialogue here. Are you surface people? Can you do people? it in voice? <laughs> are you surface people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we are, uh, as is that we're, what? As that is where we came from very recently. Where did the Horlocks find you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, if you mean those guys back there a few hundred miles, you are very fortunate that we came this way. You would have also become Horlocks and then we would have to kill you also. They put their weapons away. And since they seem friendly enough, he asked them about like what the deal is. He's like, where are we? What are these machines? What's going on? And he said he smiled and then told us and I'm going to. This is in quotes. I'm not going to do the voice all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot tell you too much as you could not understand. There are so many things to explain and you could not grasp enough of what I could myself tell you. The people on the surface are not ready to have the things that the ancients have left. Neither I nor any one of anyone in any of the caverns know why these things work, but we do know how to operate some of them. However, there are a great many evil people here who create many unpleasant things for both of us and the surface people. They are safe because no one on the surface believes us or them. That is why I'm telling you this. No one would believe that we exist. We would not care, but there are many things here that the outer world must not have until they are ready to receive them as they would completely destroy themselves. So we we must be sure that they do not find them. As for the machine, I don't know how it works, but I know some of the principles of it. It works simply by gravity and it's capable of reverse. The bottom plate of it is always raised about four inches from the surface of the floor. That is why there is no friction and has such a smooth operation. I like how the the capability to reverse is key. It's, it's key. I mean, you're in a tunnel. You can't, you can't turn. It's like the Austin Powers. Austin Powers trying to <laughs> Let's see. Where am I? Ugh. Okay. This object suspended from the chain is pure carbon. It is the key to the entire operation. As I told you before, I cannot explain why it runs, but it does. We want you to, to return to where you came from and forget about us. We will show you how to operate the sled and we want you to never again enter the cave. If you do and you do not encounter the Harlocks, the Horlocks, we will have to 
do something about you ourselves. So it would not be advisable to try to return at all events. One thing I can tell you, we never could permit you to leave another time. And then they showed them how to use the machine. And so Ralph and Joe just like hopped on and drove this, <laughs> this thing <laughs> in reverse. Back. <laughs> back. Yeah. Um, and then they hiked out of the tunnel and then Ralph was like, he wanted to know more. Like he was super curious and his friend Joe was like, no, I don't want to know anymore. And he said, what we don't know, don't hurt us. So that was that story. I don't, do, That's you, do we want to do in between story talk? Yeah, let's do in between because they're very different stories. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> And then, and now it's just, that was it. And was we it. just like, we just so that was left it. the cave, never found our guano. Right. <laughs> and so like, I guess people have been back to try to find that cave again. And obviously nobody has been able to find it again. Right. And it was like, I even found it referenced in a published like scientific paper about um, cave systems all across the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a, about this situ- this happening. Really? Yeah. And I was like, you guys are basing this off of a story that was found in a sci-fi magazine in 1946. <laughs> 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 this is not fact. Like, <laughs> what? This is the same people who created a religion out of, <laughs> who created Scientology out of a sci-fi book. Oh my gosh. It was, it's, I, I think it's an amazing story. I it is an amazing story. I think that I necessarily believe that. I, and, you know, as with all of these things, who knows? But I'm more inclined to believe the other things that happened there. <laughs> okay, so 1976. Clint and Jane Chapin are in their mobile home outside Lesson Park. They live near Lesson Park. And so they hear a bizarre noise outside and they go outside and there's a UFO hovering over them. But apparently this is not the first time that they have been visited. They've been visited multiple times. And one time it came down and it actually knocked them both down with an invisible force and then and knocked them out. Like they were just out cold. And when they came to Clint's arm was hurt really bad. And then they had both wet themselves. And that was when Jane was like, screw this. I, um, I can't take this anymore. So we are going to set up a trap. (laughs) (laughs) So a UFO trap, a UFO trap. So they set up this, like, (laughs) they set up a dynamite rig, like where the UFO landed. And once they set up the dynamite trap, uh, it never came back. (laughs) Of course not. But, but they did accidentally blow up a bear. So this, so all um the rest of the like most of these are on this episode that i watched of um it's called mysteries at the national parks or mysteries of national parks or something like that and so they did have this man who is speaking who is indigenous person who was you know commenting throughout the the thing but he had said that there's been reported ufo activity at mount lassen for centuries and before the white man ever came to california the indigenous people had reports of seeing ufos going in and coming out of the mountain, Mm. which I thought was interesting. Okay. Fast forward. Spring, 1990. (laughs) (laughs) Spring, 1990. A 31-year-old woman is hiking in the woods at Mount Lassen, and then she's 
overcome by a memory so powerful that she can't stand up anymore. Like she just sits down and then she just has this flash of a memory of being eight year eight years old, which she had visited that park when she was eight years old in 1969 and she was abducted and brought aboard a UFO and experimented on. She remembered being injected with the instrument that looks like a three pronged fork, like at the base of her spine. What did she, she was having this memory for the first time or when she, does she, did she remember previously remember being abducted? She did not previously okay. remember it as far as I'm aware. Okay. This was like, it, it was all coming back to her because she had gotten back to this this site of mm-hmm. the trauma. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, trauma for sure. They inserted a, a fork thing into the her lower back along her spine. And she was in such pain and terror that she felt like she was falling through the cracks of the earth. And while the experiment was going on, one of the aliens like leans over her and starts telepathically repeating phrases to her. And also like at this simultaneously, like, downloading information into her brain about not only her future, but like the world's future. So she saw like major events that happened in the world. Mm -hmm. She remembers the aliens that were being assisted by humans and she didn't understand why the humans weren't helping her. But the possibility is that maybe the humans were reptilians (laughs) 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 why did they have to be reptilians why are they not just humanoid versions of the aliens that because reptilians are the ones that can camouflage themselves as humans gray aliens cannot who the the technology that aliens are capable of i know we don't know who can turn and who can't or who already looks like a human it's possible that there are aliens out there that look exactly like us except you know breathe sulfuric acid instead of oxygen you know i mean there's all kinds of possibilities yeah why does it have to be a reptilian so this goes along with there's like just uh an overarching theme of a conspiracy that there are reptilians living in that mountain and so like the for for instance the first story that we just talked about like those men could have very well been reptilians and they say like, I mean, it would make sense for reptilians to be living inside a mountain because you don't want to be on the surface, but you want to be somewhere where it's warm. So Mm -hmm. you have the heat from the volcano, Mm -hmm. but it's not the first, I mean, there's also been reptilian sightings and I'll talk about one after this. So they, they went on to talk about how if the aliens doing experiments on people is like them trying to control the minds of humans. Okay. But to me, that doesn't make sense because it's like, okay, so you like downloaded information into this one person's brain. They have no recollection of it. They don't, don't do anything with their life about it. Right. So like, I don't know how, what What is the point? Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing to control? Like, it's not like someone in power or anything like that. So my theory is that they, you know, people who talk about reptilians are saying that it's like part alien DNA and then part human DNA. That's why they can look like humans. Um, but maybe the reptilians and the aliens are working together to control the human race. Hmm. <laughs> also, there's another theory that reptilians' ancestors are dinosaurs and the dinosaurs want to come back to rule the world again. Oh, okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Were they aliens to begin with or they escaped Earth and went 
to live somewhere else. <laughs> They've just been living underground this whole time. <laughs> oh, they didn't gosh. go extinct at all. Or, the, or another theory of mine is what, this is what I wrote down. What if reptilians are experiments of the aliens and are controlled by the aliens? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, anything's possible when you're talking about conspiracy <laughs> theories. Right? So. Okay. So last story. 2015, Saul Vasquez and his friend are hiking on Mount Lassen. And while hiking, he begins to hear noises in his head. He said it wasn't, it didn't sound like normal animal noises. He, he described it as like a frog croaking underwater. Oh, interesting. But he said it sounded like it was talking, like it was a language. And he was like, it was trying to tell him something like to warn him. Remember playing that game in the pool where you say something underwater and (laughs) try to get the other person to understand it. Yes. So much fun. He asked his, he asked his friend, he's like, do you, do you hear that? And his friend's like, no, I don't hear anything. And he's like, okay. So they continue on hiking, but the noise gets like louder and louder. And he said, it sounded like it was coming from like all around, like everywhere. And his friend was still like, I don't hear anything. Then all of a sudden this being, this thing appears in the path, like a few feet ahead of him. And he just stops in his tracks and it it stares at him directly in his face. And he said that it had the body of a man, but its face looked like a reptile, like a reptilian face. Mm -hmm. And he was just like scared shitless. And he's like, do you see this? And his friend's like, no, dude, I don't see anything. His friend did not see it at all. And so he just, he was like, fuck this. He just booked it. He ran back and he ran out and he's like, that's nope. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. It's the interesting thing is that the friend didn't hear anything or see anything. And it's like literally standing like feet away from them. Brain tumor. Mm. Sorry, Uh, buddy. Sorry. You're going to die. You've been diagnosed. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. Interesting. Lizard people. I know. Didn't think we were going there, honestly. Well, I mean, you got (laughs) aliens, lizard people, and whorlocks. (laughs) (laughs) All happening. Look like humans, but have wooden souls. Oh my gosh. If anybody has ever been to Mount Lassen, and has had some weird experience, please let us know. I was looking at pictures. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's a national park. I mean, look at that water. Oh, my gosh, it's so pretty. And they have hot springs, too. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's... Oh, actually, you know, you can't go in it, because I'm pretty sure I read that um, some man had his leg boiled off. Yeah, I'll be talking about some of that Yeah, kind (laughs) of stuff. All right. Very cool. Okay. Volcanoes. Volcanoes. <clears throat> All right. Do we know what volcanoes are? I mean, <laughs> yes. Scientifically, maybe not. <laughs> um, Can I guess? Okay, sure. So it's when the tectonic plates moved, they crashed up. It's how mountain forms, mountain ranges are, are made, right? That is how mountains are made, yes. Right. But, but not vol- volcanoes. Okay. They are at the same. They're at the seams. They are at the seams of, yeah. the, of the tectonic plates. But it's basically where the hot magma that's under the plates builds up too much pressure and wants and finds the you know the, the easiest the yeah. hole to get out of, and so the volcano itself is actually made from the lava, lava that's 
and um, rock and so everything that's like, been pushed up. So it's not from the tectonic plates moving. Um, they're made relatively quicker because of that process, because they're constantly being made with yeah. their own spew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. Yeah. So the temperature is building underneath the plates. It finds a hole. It comes up. And there's you know different types of volcanoes, depending on how they were made. Some have some are real tall and skinny. Some are low and and uh, low sloped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to do with when they did erupt. It has to do with how basically how viscous the the lava was, or the magma magma underground lava above ground. Why? Why the difference? Because we have to make things complicated. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, why does it need a different name? Yeah. Maybe because they have different properties once they've done that, and it's easier to differentiate them oh, because okay. the lava has now um, yeah, been exposed, to, reacted yeah. to oxygen in the or air water and everything. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The viscosity. So if it has low viscosity, which means it's super runny and it has high pressure, then that's when you get like the spewing fountains, mm-hmm. fountains of fire mm-hmm. that come up, really pretty stuff. And if it has, if it's viscous, I mean, low viscosity and low pressure, then it just kind of comes up and oozes out, but or like flows out, less less oozy, more flowy. Um, then if it's more viscous because it has more silica in it, mm-hmm. so if it's high viscosity, high pressure, no, low, low pressure, then you get the bubbling, oozing mm-hmm. thing because then it just kind of yeah. bubbles up. But then, But if you get high viscosity high pressure then because it's so thick it tends to kind of kind of bubble a little bit but then it'll build up pressure underneath mm-hmm. uh, and then explode mm-hmm. into and like create big explosions and stuff mm-hmm. so and then obviously then how that runs down kind of creates the different types right. of volcanoes just to give you an idea cuz you hear about the big volcanic eruptions that happen every once in a while but they're actually 49 continually erupting volcanoes. Did you watch the documentary about the one that erupted a couple years ago in New Zealand at that little island off of New Zealand? Tonga? Uh, no, that was last year. No. Um, no, where all the people died? No. They had like, because it hadn't erupted in, I can't remember hadn't been that long, but they had like boat excursions that brought you in there and you could like Mm -hmm. hike to the mouth of it or whatever. And there was an incident one day where like a bunch of people died because it erupted. Mm. And then, so like the documentary is about their, the survivors talking about it and they had like video footage and stuff from like people's cell phones. And it was, Oh my God, it was horrific. Yeah. It's scary stuff when it does the exploding kind of, you know, many of them will just ooze out and, but Yeah. So yeah, 49 that are continuously erupting right now, including one that has been erupting since 1270. What? So plus or minus 110 years. It's been a lot of like low underground activity kind of stuff, but yeah. it's they're pretty sure it's been going on since 1270. Maybe it was in Australia. Maybe it was that one. There's quite a few, like it might be around uh. Indonesia Indonesia no, has quite a few. It was either it was either Australia or New Zealand. Okay, but I want to say it was New Zealand though. Everybody, Google it. 
You'll find it. Um, it's on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> and I'll put, we'll put this link up because it's, it's an interesting um, link and you can go to each one and see what the latest activity has been on it. I just found it interesting that there's 49. You so there's one ones, in the United States since November 18th, 2022. So Hawaii. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Aye. 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 Are there any <laughs> that are not in Hawaii in the United States? Uh, there's a lot of them in the United States. Yeah, there might be. We're all Hawaii. So what are the stranger things that can happen from volcanoes? Because obviously they're incredibly strong, crazy events that create havoc. One of the nicer things you get with it are pretty sunsets, but that's because it's spewing tons of particulates up in the air and that get caught in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so when the sun does set, it reflects off of everything yeah. and makes really beautiful sunsets. But really what it's doing is kind of blocking the sun a bit. <laughs> well, that's weird. I, uh, yeah, I would think it'd be more like, because all this smoke and stuff, the settlement. Well, but, but so the beautiful sunsets aren't necessarily happening right at it because <clears throat> the air goes yeah. everywhere. So um, it'll be more surrounding or even across the sea, oh. across the ocean, huh. you might get beautiful sunsets because you've got the more dispersed particulates hmm. in the air. Interesting. One eruption in particular that was very bad was actually 1815. The Tambora volcano in Indonesia erupted and f- for some reason spewed ridiculous amounts of particulates into the atmosphere. Then it shielded the earth from the sun for two years to the point where, so 1816 was the coldest year on record. It was snowing in June in England. It created famine. Like the whole world? Like the whole world. Over in the United States, we weren't having famine and stuff. We were getting enough sun and everything, but it was creating other issues. And because the rest of the world was in famine, that we were we were sending food over there and stuff, all kinds of you know butterfly effect kind of things. But yeah, so famine because crops wouldn't grow because the sun wasn't out. In Asia, they were... You know, people were resulting to eating clay. Some people were killing their children out of pity <gasps> if they couldn't sell them off. And oh I mean, God. it was crazy. The dome top the Arctic broke off because of the change in winds and currents. And so it was just complete havoc. I randomly listened to uh, something on NPR the other day. And they were talking about, you know, how we all complain about 2020 and how horrible it was. And so he started thinking, what really would have been the most horrible year on record Mm -hmm. like to live in Mm -hmm. and actually he picked 1816 and i didn't that's not where i got the idea for this but i as i was reading this i was like oh yeah the guy was talking about because this wasn't the only thing that went wrong that year there were like all kinds of other things and it would have been a really terrible year to be alive apparently okay so that is like the extreme of particulates in the air um that's crazy yeah that it blocked out the sun for two years not like completely blocked it out but it yeah but it, it affected it yeah but it's and because it goes around the whole you know the air circulates around the whole earth so it was going everywhere yeah i guess once it gets up into the which is like remember we were having sand issues because of a sandstorm in the Sahara yes a couple two, like, a couple of years ago part of it was during the lockdown, wasn't it? Because we're like, well, Jesus, could something else go wrong? <laughs> was it? Or because I, I remember it when I was because I was in Gulf Shores and Mr. David was talking about it, and I was like, this is so weird. Because he was talking about he's like the sunset should be really pretty because mm-hmm. it was the same situation. I think we get it 
We get it often enough, but there was, I think, uh, like two years ago was an exceptionally bad one, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's something called Pele's hair. So yes. Pele is the... Um, Hawaiian goddess of the volcanoes. Yes. So as rock is spewing up in the air, right, rock is silica and stuff. So rock spews up, the wind takes it. Volcanoes are kind of creating some of their own wind as well. And so some of the rock gets elongated mm. so much so that it becomes Stringy. string yeah strings of glass so it's basically oh. really long fine strings yeah. of glass that literally look like hair oh, they weird. say don't touch it because it's basically tiny shards of glass yeah. that will be like you know touching fiberglass or worse but it does look like hair like is blonde that, hair is that a microscopic view of it or no no that's just, it yeah, that's, it, you know, it, it like depends on um, how much, yeah, it kind of looks like hay, how much, you know, other dirt and stuff is in it, but it will end up covering rocks, it gets blown Ooh. all over the place, but can completely cover things. It's beautiful, but scary. <laughs> Volcanoes create their own lightning. Hmm. Look how beautiful that hmm. is. How? How indeed. Okay. Basically, you know, lightning is charged ions reacting with uncharged ions and basically giant static electricity. (laughs) So as the ash is spewing up, there's different ways that that the lightning can be created. It can be through the static of just the ash hitting each other and that's creating static electricity. Mm -hmm. And so it will lightning within itself, the ash plume. It can be made through as it's as you know, rocks are being spewed at such high force, they're breaking apart. And so ions can be released as it's breaking apart, which is then, you know, a charged ion, and then it's reacting with other ions in the air. It can actually be from, there's going to be radioactive material in there. So it can actually be from as that it's just decaying, it's spewing ions out, or the same way that regular lightning is. So if the plume goes high enough, then it's it's warm air, then hits the cold air above mm-hmm. the clouds. The moisture, the water in the plume, then freezes. The ice particles hit each other. The crystals break apart, creating the ions. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is apparently how... So I, as much... I love lightning, and I know that, it, how, that it's created through charged particles and stuff, but I didn't realize how the, char- yeah. the particles get charged. So the ice crystals hit against each other, break apart create uh, releasing ions Mm -hmm. and then um you say you get the charge up in the clouds and then it discharges down to the ground Hmm. so that can happen within the plume because it's hot air rising this picture looks like it's from a freaking marvel movie movie. (laughs) (laughs) definitely that's crazy definitely look up pictures of it because it's it's incredible um, and then, of course, this one also has the lava glowing in the bottom side. So it's just an incredibly looking uh, image. The sound that volcanoes can make when they're exploding. Obviously, the oozy ones just make bubbling sound. Like what? <laughs> Let's hear it. I did Horlock voice. But when uh, when you have the exploding kind, right, because there's lots of pressure being built up and then it explodes, they can get extremely, extremely loud. So for the longest time, the loudest one on record was Krakatoa in 1883. 
not only was it the loudest volcano, it was the loudest sound ever. Where is that? Indonesia. Okay. Krakatoa. I, like I know you've, yeah, you've probably heard the name. I feel I'm like sure. it's one of those names that yeah. kids make fun of all the time. Yeah. Like Digibuti. Yeah. <laughs> like Titicaca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in 2022, there was an eruption in Tonga, which is in the South Pacific, that actually took out an entire um, island, an uninhabited island, but the island oh, no okay. longer exists. It surpassed it. The sonic boom was heard in Alaska. 3,850 miles away. Holy crap. NASA estimates that the explosion of that, the force of that explosion was 10 megatons of TNT equivalent, which is 500 times more than Hiroshima. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's how loud it was, right? Basically that, not only the sound, but the atmospheric wave that that creates goes around the whole earth. And it actually went around the earth four times because it was so strong. And there's something that they can measure in the atmospheric wave. And I'm actually not sure if this wave is within the atmospheric wave or really is the atmospheric wave. It's very hard to understand the science behind it, but it's called a lamb wave. What? Oh my God. (laughs) And it's basically a low frequency pressure wave that they can measure. And that's how they knew that it went around the earth four times. Although it says it went around the Earth four times in one direction and three times in the other direction. What? And I don't know what that means. If the Earth is round, what directions are we talking well, about? Well, because it's going, it, it's exploding outwards. It's doing this. It's not just going yeah, one but way. When, but wouldn't it also oh, wouldn't would it be, be going... four ways at least? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it would be. Anyway, so they measured the land waves and they were moving at 700 miles per hour and reached 280 miles into the ionosphere, which is above the space station. So that's what my question was going to be is since the wave, if it went around four times around the earth, it's, is it not encapsulated? I mean, is it encapsulated by our atmosphere or is it well, because it is, too. it's like, an atmosphere, it it's an atmosphere wave, which means it stays within our atmosphere because it's actually affected by gravity. So only l- super low frequencies are actually affected by gravi- gravity and... <laughs> are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> gravity. <laughs> um, That's crazy. So it's, so, yeah, so it's, gravity. so it travels around the earth rather than just emanating outwards. But it does completely. Both. Yeah, it does both. Eventually, you know, it, it's not going to do anything in the in space because there's not enough particles. So it travels around and out. But it's so it was so strong and went around four times. Well, so would we have heard it here then? Possibly, I I think so. But you know, we hear all kinds of unexplained sounds. So I want to say around that time there were um, people reporting explosion sounds around the city without any kind of explanation. Yeah. And maybe that could have been it. I don't know if it was, you know, people seem to hear them in specific spots around the city instead of everywhere, but it could have been everywhere. They couldn't explain it. So maybe, but I think, you know, it's possible, but it also, by the time it got here, wouldn't have been a loud sound. So it could have also just been the pulse that nobody would have noticed. Yeah. By the well, time it got I thought you here. said it It was heard on the Arctic Circle or something like it that. It was heard in Alaska. Alaska. But let's think about where, where Tonga I is. think it's actually, I think Alaska is actually closer, closer. because of South Pacific going uh, up yeah. rather than around to us mm-hmm. possibly um, google maps yeah 
<laughs> we'll do that math later. No. And then the lamb wave was also um, contributed to the resulting tsunami from the eruption. It made the tsunami faster and bigger than they had originally predicted. So, and it caused quite a bit of havoc as well. And I think in Australia, but yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird that, I mean, I never think about volcanoes because I've never seen one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't affect me day to day, but it's just weird how it has when it does erupt that it has such a butterfly effect that does affect Mm -hmm. things like that 1816 thing is so bonkers. Yeah. All right, last little part to it is the effect that volcanoes have on lakes. So because there's lots of toxic elements that come up from a volcano, lots of sulfur, um, and obviously in radioactive rocks, like I'd mentioned before, oftentimes the lakes around them, whether they're near them or the calderas that get created on a, at the top of a volcano. A caldera. Caldera. So um, after a volcano has been dormant for a while. Sometimes the top will collapse uh-huh. and then a lake is created on the top. Oh, yeah. So a crater lake, a caldera. Missing 411. There was a little boy that went missing on the top of a mountain. Lake. Mm. It was like his dad was with him and he like turned around for a couple minutes and then he was gone. Oh, aliens. Nightmare. <laughs> Those are people. <laughs> yeah. They sucked him in from the top of the volcano. <laughs> Um, so because of all the toxic stuff, many of those lakes are acidic to the point that their pH is almost zero. So worse than battery acid, but they can also be very pretty because there's often like sulfur and other Mm -hmm. things in it. So they're, they can be beautiful greens and blues, and then they'll change to like yellows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, they can be very beautiful lakes, but they will, um, Take your skin off. They will eat you alive. (laughs) Pretty much. So, for example, uh, Laguna Caliente in Costa Rica and Kawa Ijin in Indonesia are are ones that are very close to being a pH of zero. In Cameroon, Lake Neos is filled with dissolved carbon dioxide from the dormant volcanoes around it. What do you mean dissolved? So it's carbon dioxide that's basically trapped in the water. Okay. And ever and sometimes it will gather, it will start to build up, uh-huh. the carbon dioxide will build up, and the lake will actually burst out CO2 farts. So basically, basically <laughs> CO2 farts. farts. CO2 farts, except that CO2 is deadly. So actually in um, eight, 1986, it was such a huge burst that it actually killed 1,746 people and then a bunch of animals as Wait, well. Wait, where is this? Cameroon. Oh my gosh. And the, I'm sure there's like a village right at the bottom, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Why did they um, do that? <laughs> well, they use the lake. I mean, they use the lake for, for stuff. And How? it doesn't happen that often, but it just, it does. And usually it's not big enough that it's a, a problem. It just dissipates. But, if, but- Okay, so if you have like trapped carbon dioxide in there at all times, how can you be around that? Well, if it's like, trapped, what they, it's not out. I don't but, know. But, what would but they use it, it for? Like, uh, besides like swimming or like... I looked like it was for transportation, the images that I saw, but I don't know. But I would think that if you just move the water, it would release carbon dioxide. I know. I don't know. It makes no sense to me. I have no idea. In the Caribbean, there's a boiling lake. Mm -hmm. It's literally like gray and boiling. Mm -hmm. And of course, beautiful, but don't touch it. But then you have like a crater lake in Oregon, which is a caldera technically. But because the way that that volcano went dormant and then 
it gets filled with it basically gets refilled constantly with ice melt mm-hmm. and and stuff mm-hmm. that it is not acidic and apparently it's crystal blue waters yeah, gorgeous, and I'm sure um, like everything in Oregon yeah <laughs> and you can swim in it and, although I'm sure it's freezing oh, yeah but crystal clear waters and stuff like that too so that's it I just got I saw a thing on Instagram about the f- four waterfalls you have to visit in Oregon. Mm, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah. And then I clicked on it, of course, and then I started getting all kinds of things about waterfalls in Oregon. I want to see, you know that show Virgin River? Mm-hmm. I want to go wherever that is filmed. I looked it up because I did too. It is mostly filmed, I think, in Vancouver, ah. which is where most things that are supposed to take place on that coast. Yeah. But then some of the, like the river scenes and stuff really are wherever it's supposed to be in Oregon. I, I don't even know if that's a real place in Oregon. I, I don't think the town name is, but they do film something, some things around a specific town there. But yes, I looked it up too, because <laughs> I do that all the time. Where is oh, this? yeah, all the time. I'm like, where is this filmed? I'm going to go there. Yeah, and then I never do. No, nope. or write it down. <laughs> Actually, I have an ongoing list do somewhere you? on my phone. I need of- to start that places you want to go yeah actually i was getting some of them you know the the windows screensaver thing that yeah is a picture and they Uh change the pictures out and they'll actually have where it is so some of them i get from there oh for sure (laughs) there's a reason why they're screensavers (laughs) all right well awesome scary cool gorgeous creepy haunted reptilian (laughs) volcanoes all right. I think we covered it all. Yep. <laughs> we covered it all. You never need to know anything else about volcanoes ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. If you have anything cool, creepy, or scientific to share with us, you can email us at lastlambstandingpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram at lastlambstandingpodcast. And a special thank you to Adam Frischertz for our theme song. Thanks for listening.